0: Hello and welcome to Season 7 of the Stuck in the Mud podcast. If you have got to this point in my podcast, I'm guessing that you've probably listened to quite a lot of it. And at the moment in Season 7, I'm talking about schools, work, principles. This is uh, Episode 4 of Season 7, where we're talking about assemblies. Now, in the last episode, I became quite aware that maybe there's some people listening to this who... Uh, maybe they jumped on board because of the personal development principles and now you're listening to this thinking oh my goodness he's talking about working as a youth and schools worker well the reason for that is that part of me is very interested in personal development principles part of me is really interested in schools work and of course if we go back to the very first season of stuck in the mud this whole thing was about about my book, Stuck in the Mud, Stories of Hope for When You're Stuck. The book is still available. And if you are interested in it, it's available on Amazon. It's available at Christian Bookshops. And uh, if you go to, I think it's season four of this podcast, um, there's even an audio version. But I think I'd like to encourage you to to perhaps do both. Have the book and have the podcast. Um, (laughs) uh, But you do what you'd like to do. Anyway, this uh, season it 's written and was written as part of a series that i 've been writing for quite a while now uh for uh, premiere and uh, and essentially I write this school's work or school's ministry column for premiere next gen now i'm going to put excuse me i 'm going to put a link in the description uh, because it's a great website and i'd really like to signpost you to that website because It's one that's actually really, really good. Um, It's particularly good for Christian families. It's particularly good for ministry. But I would just really like to kind of hold it up as a great website for anybody looking for quality content about making sense in the world. And if you're in a position where you're trying to make sense of your world, I'd say this is a good website. It's one that you can trust. I really uh, love the people who run this. Uh, Premiere are a great sort of international... Uh, base for really good Christian thinking and uh, and it's not super political, it's not super charged, they really wrestle with some great questions and you know like anything you know you're not going to agree with everything but I would still say that it's a great place uh, for you and particularly a really good place if you are like me uh, and you're in a kind of Christian youth work space that's actually a really good place for you because um, i i i find and have found over the years lots of really good content lots of really good resources you might not know this or you might not have picked it up but the premier next gen website um, has got elements of it that came from a youth work app which pre prior to that was also a youth work magazine and lots of people uh, in my field of work will have known about the youth work magazine which then as i say turned into an app and is now on this website. I've got to say, it's so much better on the website than on the app, the app was great, but the website is so much more accessible and there's so much more other content so you can look at other things. Anyway, let's put all of that to one side and focus on what we're here to talk about today, which is assemblies, a main staple for youth work and particularly a main staple for Christian youth workers. And this post, which I'm going to read to you today, is called Don't Give Up on Assemblies Just Yet. As you've clicked on this article, or more specifically listening to it on this podcast, um, I imagine you're one of three types of people. You might be a primary school worker providing frequent assemblies or acts of worship. Maybe you're a secondary school worker or chaplain in a similar camp, providing many opportunities for corporate gatherings. Or perhaps like me, you're someone who would do more if the invitations came in more frequently. Whatever your personal experience, I'm sure you felt the gentle push away from gathered assemblies from the schools we serve. Maybe, like me, you've provided video-based assemblies, exp- assembly experiences, and want to get back to face-to-face work as much as possible. Or maybe the pandemic, which seems a long way away, but we still kind of feel the effects of, has put a stop to your opportunities for assemblies altogether. In my area I'm responsible for around 18 secondary schools and come across a range of reasons why schools aren't planning to assemble as much as they once did. Regardless let me take this opportunity to encourage you to keep assemblies or acts of collective worship of some of you acts of collective worship as some of you might know them in your strategy for schools ministry an SLT cliche. This is the next part. We've all been there. You've planned a highly choreographed, tightly rehearsed presentation, the lights of which the youth work greats of yesteryear could only aspire. Only to find an oppressive atmosphere in the hall when you arrive. The young people shuffle in silence like they've been taken for a corporate thrashing from the head teacher. As you watch in horror, you notice each staff member cynically glaring at every problem student. Within 30 seconds, you've gleaned pretty much everything you need to know. Firstly, your presentation is probably um, uh, probably going to be wasted on these people. And secondly... As soon as you finish speaking, there's definitely going to be an earth-shattering revelation in the form of an unhelpful senior leadership team epilogue that takes your main points out of context. A Vision for Collective Worship For those of us who aren't fully aware, an assembly in this context is an act of collective worship in school. Funnily enough, schools are still compelled to provide daily collective worship, although as things stand, many don't. Of course, some schools gather, but will ask you for general British values style input rather than a Christian message. Still, in a sense, if you're the one providing the input for an assembly like this, I would argue the theme is irrelevant. When you're able to present prayerfully, bringing the presence of God with you, it will be difficult to get it wrong. Let me just pause here and just pit stop if you've been listening to this um series you'll remember um hopefully the post about chaplaincy chaplaincy is a great thing to keep in your mind when i'm talking about this that there is something about you setting the spiritual tone whether you're actually able to be a chaplain or not there's an element for us personally privately where we're prayerfully bringing the presence of god in and as i say here If you're doing that, it's difficult to get things wrong. Recently, I read an article about the benefits of collective worship on the Desiring God website. The article itself was talking about congregational worship in church, but I found it interesting that the writer identified five benefits that had more to do with creating meaningful moments than it did about communicating Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, David Mathis, who wrote this thing, was absolutely talking about our relationship with Jesus but his five points could be applied as a vision for excellence in any gathered setting. Here are the headlines of what he wrote and some interpretation added by me. So number one, awakening, creating an environment to stir spiritual curiosity. Number two, assurance, encourage and deepen understanding. Number three, advance, grow and develop thoughts and feelings. Number four, accepting another's leading, allow space to listen and accept change. And number five, accentuated joy, increase joy through gathered experience. The aim of our communication in assemblies or acts of collective worship should be to increase the young people's understanding of themselves and the world around them. There might also be opportunities to reflect on joy and sorrow. And if you're really fortunate, you may also inspire them towards Jesus. But let me encourage you, if you can awaken something encourage or stir spiritual curiosity, bringing some joy into a school in the space you're speaking in, then you've undoubtedly done a fantastic job. So should I, or should you be doing assemblies? Years ago, I had a vision for every young person in my area to have Jesus demonstrated in a significant way every year of their life in education. To make this vision a reality, I worked on a strategy that began with providing regular assemblies for students. The idea was that in assemblies, we saw everyone. After assemblies, I would teach in lessons and conferences, enabling an opportunity to deepen the relationship enough for some people to choose to spend time with my team and me in lunchtime clubs, after school groups and also youth groups. The point of this whole process was to turn our work output into meaningful, relational outcomes. Although I love presenting assemblies, I wouldn't be happy to do them if the strategy wasn't in place. Sadly, assemblies alone couldn't be impactful enough, despite a hope that we might engage in the education life of students over a long period. Although I want to be as present as possible, I have to conclude that there must be opportunities for young people to engage with me on a deeper level, to make sense of the time spent in collective worship. For you, there might end up being a similar strategic problem. Can you prepare a great assembly that you can then present? I'm sure you can. Still, should you devote the time? That might depend on your vision and where you can create space for young people to come and spend time with you. And this is the cliffhanger that I left this uh, post on. And it's one that I felt that was really, really helpful because there aren't uh, lots of answers well, as soon as we start talking about what you should be doing and again like you might be listening to this as someone who doesn't even work in schools and you might just be thinking well i like john's podcast i'm going to listen to this season um actually for those of you who are in youth and schools ministry i still can't tell you whether you should be devoting time to young people in assemblies this the point of this is that you need to look at your own strategy for meeting with young people. For me, for years and years and years, I've devoted time to, or a certain amount of time, to collective worship, to assemblies, because I know that before I know the young people individually, they will know me. And so there are many, many, many young people who I who I work with in schools who are like, well, I don't know, who now perhaps 16, 17, 18, who were like, man, the first time I met you was in an assembly. The first time I saw you was when you did this thing in assembly. Like there's got to be a point where we create the opportunities for young people to know us. And it might be strategically speaking that that's the best way to make certain that everybody knows who you are. Unfortunately, you're not gonna know everybody by name but it's quite helpful to consider that they might know you first that may open the doors for relationships i know it certainly opens up lots of doors for young people to shout across to me across the street um to say hey john you know and, and 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 they do and i shout back and say hi it's really really helpful um As well, when you get into perhaps mentoring young people or running conferences that I've talked about in other podcast episodes and posts, If the young people already have a sense of who you are and what you stand for, perhaps they've seen you, I dunno, this isn't a very helpful way to to describe it, but maybe young people have seen you on your soapbox, that's great, they've seen you on your soapbox in assemblies, but then when they actually get the chance to meet you and really know the person who's been speaking, they wanna find that you're the same relational person, the same person who cares about the relationship as they would hope your your acts of worship should draw people into really good relationships um, certainly good relationships with you definitely point into good relationship with Jesus, but of course. The sad thing is that sometimes a good presenter isn't very good relationally, face-to-face. And I would just say to perhaps guard yourself and perhaps really think deeply about whether your assemblies are speaking well of the person who you are individually with young people. When I was younger... I would get into a little bit of a tussle with finding myself too impressive. I think I've spoken about this in other episodes that my ego when I was younger, well, I don't know, maybe I've still got a bit of an ego now, but if I find myself too impressive, when people approach me, uh, if they find the presenter, then it's probably the last conversation we'll ever have. What they need to find is that the presenter can put down the mic, and then when they speak to me individually, I'm not just someone who says, hey, dude, thanks so much for the compliment. Be well. Have, enjoy your life. I, when young people approach me, they need to find someone who is drawing them into a deeper, even better relationship. One that's got really nothing to do with how well I can present an assembly or how well you can present an assembly. But someone who is looking for a meaningful a connection something that then draws them to other activity and ultimately to jesus anyway should you be running assemblies i'm sure that you can and you should devote time to them but that will depend on your vision and where you can create space for young people to come and spend time with you so that's my post for today and i hope you're doing really well